Here we are, New Hope Radio. Dave Therry in the Hope Club. Hope Club. Blip, blip, blip. Easy for me to say. <laughs> Hope Club Podcast. 1590 on the AM dial, WARV 92.7 FM. Also. And at New Hope CC. No, where where are we there anyway? New Hope Radio Live. Uh, YouTube and Facebook. I think that, yeah. New Hope Radio. Dot live. I think I'll go back to bed. YouTube and Facebook. So many ways you can catch the program, and we're thankful that you do whenever you can. If you have ever traveled to a foreign land, you probably had to make some preparations for the experience, right? You had to learn about the culture, the laws. Maybe how to drive. Some countries, they drive on the wrong side. The foods, right? Are they agreeable? What clothing will you bring? The weather? What language do they speak? And you do all of that to to make your experience more pleasurable. Our last time together, we began a series entitled The Supernatural Kingdom. The supernatural kingdom is the kingdom of God. And we noted how to get into that kingdom. It takes a supernatural birth to get into a supernatural kingdom. In our time together today, we're going to see how to live in that kingdom. Lifestyle, right? What's the lifestyle of the supernatural kingdom? Life in the kingdom. And we're going to break it down into three major aspects of kingdom kingdom life. The first one is love in the kingdom. Now, there are several Greek words for love in the New Testament. Phileo, love. Phileo is love for a friend. It's right where we get the Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Storge, love for family. Eros is a passionate love, where we get the word erotic. Philagora, love of money. Agape, love for mankind. That's the love God loved us with when he sent his son, that whoever believes in him would never perish, but have everlasting life. That's admittance into the kingdom. Agape is love for mankind. It's an unconditional love. Now, kingdom life requires one of these kinds of love. Which one is it? Phileo love, storge love, eros, philagora, agape. Well, in Luke 6.26, Jesus said, I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. That word for love is the word agape. Love for mankind. The John 3.16 love. Love who? Your enemies. Those that are hostile to you. Now, Jesus didn't say, love them with phileo love. They're not your friends. You don't go out for coffee with them. But it's an agape love. It is a love that God loves all people with, even though they're not right. Even though they're not right with him. Okay, so life in the kingdom 
requires love for all mankind, even those hostile to you. By the way, this is kingdom on earth. This is God's kingdom on the earth. Oh, this is how we live right now. Yes, you're in the kingdom of God right now, if you're a Christian, and this is life in the kingdom. That's why Jesus taught these things. He didn't teach these things for heaven. He taught these things for planet earth. So he said, love your enemies. Now, the ancient wise men, you know, they taught in the negative. Like, for instance, the Jewish rabbis, they said, what is hateful to you, do not do to another. Isocrates, who was a Greek orator, he said, What things make you angry when you suffer them at the hands of others? Do not do to other people. Hmm. Even Confucius said, What you do not want done to you, do not do to others. Now, here's the difference. It's not difficult to not do something. It's not difficult to not keep yourself from these actions. But it's very difficult to go out of your way to do the positive thing. It's very difficult to love. That's the positive thing. That's why I call this not only the supernatural kingdom, it's a backwards kingdom. Because living in the kingdom of God is very contrary to the way we live in the world and the kingdom of darkness. Jesus even said things like, lend without interest. Huh, if you're going to lend some money to someone, don't charge them interest. How about that? So remember, in the supernatural kingdom, we're living in a world far different from the one here, even though they're both on the planet. One belongs to God, one belongs to Satan. Okay. Secondly, in the supernatural kingdom, we build our lives on principles. Okay. A principle is a foundational belief or philosophy which governs a person's life. For instance, the principle of loving God. That means I live a yielded life. Okay. The principle of loving money. That means nothing else matters but making money. Uh, Love for self. No one else matters but me. See, these are all principles which form our opinions, which lead to our actions, which bring results, either good or bad. So we all have principles that we live by. Some have good results and some have bad results. In the supernatural kingdom, we live in the principles established by God. Those are the ones we live by. Like where Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.21, he said, examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good. So, as you can see, the Christian life is a thinking life, right? It's a thinking kind of a life. When he said, hold fast to that which is good, It means hold down. It's actually a wrestling term where one opponent would hold down his other opponent and he won't let go. I'm not letting you go till they pronounce me the winner. Okay, so let me ask you, 
What are you holding down? Or what are you holding on to? What principles do you hold on to that regulate your life? Hopefully, that which is good. That which is good means it's not my opinions, but it's God's. It's not my ideas, but they're God's. Okay? And this is why. Because Isaiah said, speaking for God, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. <laughs> you know, we, we, we like to quote that verse, but how often do we really abide in it? It's like we're always trying to change God's mind. Oh, God, I got a better idea. No, my thoughts, they're not your thoughts. And your, your ways are not my ways. And then he said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So God is like, he's on a whole nother level. You know, he's on a whole nother plane. He's so, so far above us. It's like we're above the ants. God is above us. Okay? So ants don't think like us. Our thoughts are far above ants. And yet, we don't think like God. His thoughts are far above ours. And that's why he says things, and we're like, what? Love my enemies? Are you crazy? No, that's life in the kingdom. Sometimes it's hard to fathom the things that God says. Like, forgive 70 times 7. What? Go the extra mile. Deny yourself. What? Pick up your cross. What? Let death work in you. What? All these, see, life in the kingdom. It's a whole different lifestyle. Speaking of building our lives, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3.12, he said, Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. The foundation is Christ. Okay, he's talking about believers that are building their life on Christ. And these are different types of rewards that we get. The point is, we all get something for building. Some get gold, silver, precious stones. Others get wood, hay, straw. This will all be awarded at the Bema Seat Judgment in heaven. So, this is the difference between the subtotal and the sum total. Down here on earth, we get the subtotal. But up there in heaven, we get the sum total. Which one are you living for? Are you living for the partial? Or are you living for the whole thing? Don't be satisfied with the partial when you can have the whole thing. Right? So again, life in the kingdom. Oh, that's a major adjustment, wouldn't you say? I would, because we're so used to living in the devil's world that when we find Christ and we realize it's a whole new way to live, it's an adjustment. No doubt about it. It's not something like, oh yeah, okay, I can do that. No, it's a supernatural kingdom. It requires supernatural power. And yeah, it is a backwards kingdom compared to what we're used to. The third aspect of living in the supernatural kingdom is the fact that it's a mystery. The mystery of the kingdom. And um, in Matthew chapter 13, in verse 10, it says that the disciples came and said to Jesus, 
Why do you speak in parables? And Jesus answered, and he said, Well, to you it's been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. Now, why is that? I mean, doesn't want God doesn't God want everybody to know about heaven? He does, but it's got to be under his conditions. And that means it takes a desirous heart, a humble heart, a proud, egotistical, know-it-all heart is prevented from knowing the things of God. So when Jesus spoke in parables, the word parable is the word parabole. Para means to help or alongside. Bole means to throw. It's often used of the Holy Spirit. He's the paraclete, the one called, kletos, to call, alongside, to help. He helps us. I think of uh, AAA when I, when I hear parabole. What are they? They come alongside. They help you. What? Change your tire, charge your battery, bring you gasoline, right? So think of a AAA truck. When you think of a parabole, it's a, it's a, 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 a natural illustration with a divine truth thrown alongside. For instance, some examples of Jesus' parables. The sower went out to sow, and it speaks of different kinds of hearers. He spoke about the treasure hidden in the field, the value of finding Christ. The prodigal son speaks of God's forgiveness. The parable of the talents, the use of the, the, the story, the, the purpose of using what God has given us. Talents, church age, spiritual gifts, but making your life count, being useful, being purposeful. So everybody heard these stories, but not everybody understood them. I wonder if that's possible even today in our modern church. Because you see, you have to have an open heart. And there are some, the parables go right over their head because they don't have an open heart. How about this? You have to have a hungry heart. Okay? Is your heart hungry? Do you hunger and thirst after righteousness? Then you will be filled. So, this is kingdom life. What does it mean once I'm admitted into the supernatural kingdom, and yes, down here on planet Earth, how do I live? Three simple things I gave you today. Live in God's love toward others. Agape love, which is God's unconditional love. No strings attached love. That's why Christ could die for us while we were yet sinners. That was God's agape love. Agape love, it has to do with the one doing the loving, not the recipient. Okay? Very important. So why do we live in God's love? Because of who we are, not because of who someone else is. The origin is your own soul. All right? Number two, lifestyle in the kingdom. Build our lives on God's principles. That's why we have his word. His word, and especially if you go into the New Testament, the epistles are really church-age teachings. So they teach us how to live as a believer. And some of the letters deal with problems in the church. Other letters deal with blessings in the church. 
But the point is, God has not left us here uninformed. That we are very informed, and if you if you're faithful to the Word of God, and faithful to learning the Word of God, you'll learn how to live in the supernatural kingdom, and you will get gold, silver, precious gems instead of wood, hay, and straw. Okay, very important. And then thirdly, are you hungry? Be hungry to know the mysteries. See, there's, there's got to be a desire. I believe the difference between those that get saved and those that don't is desire. I believe that if somebody desires to know God, they will find him. But if someone has no desire, I don't care about that stuff, they'll never know him. And some of the nicest people in the world, uh-oh, have no desire to know God. Sad. Because they're nice people. But because they have no desire, they won't know him and they are lost. And they will stay lost. And as Jesus said to the Pharisees, they will die in their sins. That's bad. We don't want that. We don't want that for anybody. So, but it begins with desire. Do you want to know God? Or you're going to say, God, I don't know anything, but I want to know you. Show yourself. Reveal yourself to me. And I believe that God will certainly do that. I really do. Now, next time we're together, we're going to take a look at warfare in the kingdom. You know, wherever there's two kingdoms, seems like there's going to be warfare, isn't there? Oh, yeah. And there's warfare in the kingdom, and we're on the battleground. So we're going to check that out next time and see how it works. But what I want to do right now I want to share you, share with you the Hope Club devotional from this Monday for two reasons. Number one, I like it. I thought it's pretty good. And number two, I want you to see that if you join the Hope Club and give us $3 a week, that this is a sample of what you'll get Monday through Friday. Every day we send you a devotional. Tuesday is actually a Tuesday challenge. Okay. But I want to play the devotional for you. And if it's something you like, Maybe you'll get on board. If you don't like it, okay, no problem. But if you do like it, maybe you'll think about, oh, I'd like to receive that every day, and I can give you three books a week, and we can kind of work together and get the Word of God going far and wide. So this week, the theme is compassion. And this one's about the compassion of Jesus. It's Monday in the Hope Club. This week, we're going to look at one of the true distinctives of the Christian life. Think about it. You know, there's got to be something about Christianity that makes it different from other religions. Uh, There are many things, actually. But this week, we're going to take a look at one particular one. Oh, it is very vital to our walk. It's compassion. Today we'll look at a couple of instances on Jesus showing compassion to people that needed it. We pick it up first of all in Matthew chapter 9, in verse 35. And Jesus was going about all the cities and all the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing 
every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. What a, a fulfilling ministry Jesus had. He brought them truth, he brought them good news, and he identified them with them in their infirmities and afflictions and healed them. And then it says in verse 36, and seeing the multitudes. In other words, there was an overwhelming number of people that followed Jesus. But his reaction was not one of, let's say, being bothered or negative or even being overwhelmed, but it says that he felt compassion for them. And why did he feel compassion for them? Because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. You know, compassion means to identify with the feelings of someone else and then to rise up and do something about it. And Jesus saw all these people of his day, they just wanted to know God. And yet no one was leading them to God. Their religious leaders failed. They actually kept them from God. And Jesus felt for them because they had no spiritual leadership. They had no spiritual understanding. They were like sheep. Sheep need a shepherd to protect them, to lead them to green pastures and still waters, to be there for them, to give them security. And in his compassion, Jesus took that role. And that's why he remained, oh, here it comes, available. You know, it was so easy to shut the doors and close the windows and keep the world out. But Jesus remained available. Because that's a big part of compassion, wouldn't you say? I mean, you can't be compassionate and shut the world out. Compassion means I'm identifying with others, their feelings, their needs. Then I'm going to rise up, try to meet them where they are, and do the best that I can to help them. As we read through the Gospels, we see this happening over and over and over again. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 30, here they come again, another multitude. And they were bringing with them those who were lame and crippled and blind and they couldn't speak and many others. They laid them down at his feet. And Jesus healed them all. Incredible. He healed them. Oh, why? Compassion. Compassion doesn't turn a blind eye to the need of others, not even strangers. Compassion steps up and identifies. And the result was, verse 31, Matthew 15, the multitude marveled at this. They saw people that couldn't speak, speak. People that couldn't walk, walk. People that couldn't see, see. And the result was, they glorified God. They glorified God. See, what Jesus did, the outcome was always to bring God glory. So I want you to think, when, when we show compassion to others, it's even more than identifying with them and helping them. It's giving God glory. God is glorified when we step out of our lives for a brief time into the life of someone else. That's compassion.
Remember the time when the multitude was with him for three days listening to, his, to him teach. And what did Jesus do? Well, the disciples said, let him go home and eat. And Jesus said, no, let's feed him right here. They might faint on the way home, they're so hungry. Let's feed them right here. And he worked a miracle and he fed the multitudes. It's like compassion is its own miracle, isn't it? It certainly is. It's a miracle of the human heart because the sin nature is very selfish. The sin nature is egotistical. It's more about self-preservation. But the heart of God always includes other people. So when we live in God's heart, it's not at the exclusion of others, it's at the inclusion of others. And we're going to see some good scriptures this week here in the Hope Club that remind us about being the people of God and having that distinctive quality of being compassionate. It actually identifies us as Christ followers. It's who we are, compassionate people. So as we look at Jesus, we learn what it looks like and we begin to take it on in our own life. Well, there it is. That's a little sample. Every day we receive those. And if you want to help us and be part of it, go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu bar. Read all about it. It's all there. I think, you know what, if you can, these things go out 5.30 in the morning. You get up, you take a few minutes, get the Word of God, and then you're ready for the day. You know, you you spend time with Jesus and you got His Word flowing in your soul and you're ready to go. That's, that's lifestyle in the kingdom. So once again, newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar, read all about it, all the information's there. And, uh, and, you know, lifestyle in the kingdom, come on now. We are very distinct individuals. And like we just heard in the Hope Club devotional, compassion is one of those distinctives. And when we live in the qualities of Jesus Christ, the virtues of Christ, the God is glorified. And that's the whole point. It's while we're here on the earth to bring glory to God. You can do it. You've got supernatural power, the Holy Spirit. You've got a supernatural word, the Bible. You've got supernatural gifts given at the moment of salvation. you got a supernatural home waiting for you in heaven. I mean, come on, we got it all. Now we just have to do it. Thanks for coming along. Support us. Join the Hope Club. We'll see you next time for Warfare in the Kingdom.